friends, this is Worst Show Ever. I'm your host, CJ Boyd. I'm here with Shenandoah Davis. We are in Seattle, where Shenandoah's apartment. It's a nice apartment. Well, thank you. Um, I kind of knew it would be. I was like, <laughs> I bet it's going to be nice. You never know. I've lived in some real dumps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think, because we haven't seen each other in a couple of years. Yeah. I'm trying to think where we met. I feel like you're also like such a road warrior. We've just kind of crossed paths in several cities. Yeah. I remember playing a show with you in Fairfield. Fairfield. Yeah, yeah. Beauty Shop. Was that where we met? I was think it? that was where we met, but I think we had been emailing through either Paleo or yeah. Dana or Well, at that time, and I was on else. tour with Paleo. I was yes. playing bass in, in oh, the Paleo yeah. band. That was a good iteration briefly. of that band. I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, it was brief. It was only like a month or so. Um, All good things are. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely true. But yeah, I think that's where I first met you. But because I didn't, I didn't book that tour. That was that was the nice thing about touring in someone else's band. Yeah. <laughs> David was doing the booking. That sounds right. Um, I don't think I booked any. I mean, if anything, maybe I booked like one show. But I don't you know if I even did that. But yeah, that was my first time at the beauty shop, which became like a favorite place of mine. I ended up doing like those residencies the following year yeah did you do one after that or had you already done no i did one in january david and i did it together previous to that you're saying maybe i think they were only around for like two years or two two seasons or something well so i'd love to hear you said you have a couple of stories yeah yeah okay i'm interested yeah it's been they're mostly um because i've been spending a lot of time on tour for the last eight or nine years and so all of the stories are from i would say the first two years because (laughs) as you know you learn some things pretty pretty quick there yeah and so i didn't have one that stood out as the absolute worst show ever and they're also far enough away that they're just kind of funny and stupid now right but the first tour i ever went on was with this band called huma that is now like long defunct but they had moved from new jersey to seattle and we were trying to do a west coast tour okay so it was going to be two weeks long but you were going to be moving they had just moved to seattle okay gotcha um right when i was starting we were going to do this two-week west coast tour yeah the shows that we were able to book were seattle olympia not portland Right. Eugene and Zero California shows. Okay. <laughs> so the West Coast, yeah. Yeah, the West Coast. Really a solid West Coast tour. But we got to this venue in Eugene, and it was, you know, me and this band, and then a local band. Um, and we got to the venue, it was at like 6.30, it was completely locked up, no one was there. We went and had dinner, came back, met the local band who had been booked to play, and it was these three middle-aged guys who were working on a rock opera. Okay. And the audience of the show was all three of their partners, and they then asked if they could go first because they had to work really early in the morning. Oh, yeah. And we were like, uh... (laughs) Oh, yeah, I mean... This is always an uncomfortable thing, yeah. Totally, I mean, you know, we had, like... We had gotten a motel room down the road. We weren't going anywhere. Um, and then they played for almost two hours. Holy shit! Without ever taking a break in between a single song. Okay. And then because it was an op- it was a rock opera. It was a rock opera. They performed. It was a rock conceptual opera. rock opera that they had been developing for two hours for their partners. Yeah, and, and then you guys. Um, you will never believe what happened as soon as they were done playing. <laughs> Do you have any guess what could have possibly? Lots happened? more people showed up, and it was a great show. <laughs> 
No! Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, that was such a good guess. Um, no, they uh, packed up their racks of um, keyboards with multiple guitars and amps, and um, their partners helped them carry them out to their cars, and then they left. Yeah, and then you um, just played for each other, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And the bartender, I think that the sound guy didn't even stay until the end of the show. Damn. Do you remember the place? No. I would be I would be amazed if it was still okay. in business. It was near Cosmic Pizza, but it was not Cosmic Pizza. Okay, I've just I've generally had a rough time in Eugene. I like Eugene. Yeah. But it's not ever been a. I've played like one really good show there that I can think of ever. Yeah. And that was very. It was like a very brief thing. There was that woman Jamie was like, do you know Jamie? What's Jen? Menzel? I think is her last name. I don't name. think so. She's good friends with Neil Campau. Mm-hmm. They used to be in a band together. Actually, yeah, she used to be in World History, I think. Oh, okay. And then, but she was living there and booking shows at a hostel. That was like the only good show I think I've ever played in Eugene. Every other show has been like pretty terrible, usually, or or I can't even book a show there at all sometimes. Um, but so, the two-hour thing, I feel like... Because there's lots of shows where nobody shows up. Yeah. But but to have the opener play for two hours, that's what stands out to me. Is like, <laughs> it's bad enough if you're just like a tour. And you were you were playing solo, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I was. And then this other band, and like, okay, nobody's nobody came to this show, and probably wasn't promoted or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I there were three people in the other band, so I at least had three people to yeah. watch. They were headlining, so I was literally the only person there. <laughs> right. It's the thing where, like, I probably, like, had to go to the bathroom a little bit, but I waited for 30 minutes because if I had left the room, it would be literally, be literally empty. empty. <laughs> <laughs> and the sound person leaves, man. That's mm-hmm. that's rough. I think I just remembered playing, I can't remember the town, Ashland, maybe? In Oregon? Yeah. Yeah, they have the Shakespeare Festival there. Yeah, I didn't and, know And, like, that. the best co-op in the country. The Ashland Co-op is super legit. Okay, I believe it. Ashland seems like a town that would have a sweet co-op. Yeah. I think I've probably been to it, but it also might be running together with other co-ops. But I remember playing, it was was either Ashland or what's the, there's like another little town that's like 20 minutes away. Medford? Medford, that was it. I played in Medford and there was literally no one at the show except for the bartender and then the bartender kept going out for like 20 minute smoke breaks mm-hmm. and that's one of those like existential moments where you're like I'm playing to not one person not a single person like if a if a person plays a show in an empty room does are they playing a show is that even what you call that <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was very early on mm-hmm. I was just gonna say too that a lot of the shows that I've been hearing about on this on this show are a lot not always but there's been a certain trend of like shows that were bad because we didn't know what we were doing partly mm-hmm. and and it, like when you first start out and you like think it's a good idea to go on a US tour because you have one contact in LA and one contact in Chicago and you live in Iowa and then you only play like four <laughs> shows but it's a US tour because yeah, you're, you're driving so much <laughs> right you've driven yeah. through so much of the US right <laughs> but I guess at least this one you guys didn't have those aren't massive so you didn't go to California at all you said right no right so at least you didn't have these massive drives if yeah you, if you play so I'm just looking for some bright side. I don't know why <laughs> yeah we didn't drive for that long um, I think it was the only time 
Um, I've seen a, a rock opera and full, <laughs> you know, it was on the road to realizing its full potential. Yeah. I so was remember. it not quite done? I don't think so. Huh. They performed an almost rock opera or like an almost complete. Yeah, they were working on it. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> it took two hours for an almost, like, it feels like if it wasn't done, then they could just play highlights. Yeah. Like, do part of it. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, in hindsight, maybe they could have waited until it was all the way done and then told anyone that they know that they were playing <laughs> live in their hotel. Uh, that would also be cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's just one, one possible way that it could have gone. Yeah, that's rough. But so I'm curious now, are you said you've got a couple of different stories. Or is there more to that one or is there... That's, that is a full story. And then do the other ones, are they connected or separate, totally separate stories? Totally separate. Okay, I want to hear it. I wanna... um, all right, so another worst show ever, um, which was just so bizarre and funny that it, like even at the time it wasn't the worst. And I'm blanking on the city right now, but what's that casino city that's kind of outside of New York? Oh, um... Was it to New Jersey? Yeah. It's like super trashy and Atlantic maybe had its City? yeah, Atlantic City. Yeah, yeah. Maybe had its heyday like fifty years ago or something. I was gonna say I knew I was like when I was trying to think of the name, I knew there was a Bruce Springsteen song about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good way to remember. Yeah, yeah. It's a good um, song. Yeah. So I was with um this was a later tour. This was maybe six years ago. I was with Dana um yeah. and Ethan who was on that tour with us playing drums and stuff. Okay. But we um had decided to do a three and a half month long tour of the entire country yeah um and i had done pockets of it before but there was a lot of filling in yeah still and so somehow we ended up at this dive bar on halloween um in atlantic city and (laughs) i already love it (laughs) yeah and like my music is pretty quiet it's like not good for atlantic city in retrospect like not good for halloween anywhere well, this dive bar had booked, like, we were bookended. It was a seven-band bill, and it was <laughs> us and six punk bands, and the kind of thing where it was like, if you came in a costume, you got a free jello shot or something like that. Like, <laughs> it's not like a classy, like, old fisherman dive bar. This is like a sports bar that didn't have TVs. Oh, it was like okay. a real, it was a real special place. And the sound guy just thought it would be really cool to put, like, a... Like, he was running Dana's cello through a bass amp and just turned this crazy distortion onto it. And it was so loud that when she would hit a low note, the entire stage would shake and felt like it was going to fall apart. (laughs) Um, And then just everything was super distorted. And so it was like a weird heavy metal version of like a, at that time, like a folky neoclassical, quick, quiet listening room music. And then... We like we started we sort of sound checked but we started playing and the whole stage was shaking and it's just full of drunk people in costumes, um, and then this person and like what is probably the best Halloween costume I've ever seen but this person comes in who's like six and a half feet tall in a full ET on the bicycle okay. costume um, and just kind of like there were people there which was good I think we got like eighty bucks at that show okay so it wasn't the worst show ever in that way. But this person in a giant E.T. bicycle costume just comes and, like, cuts through the crowd. And then it's just, like, right front center of the stage. (laughs) Um, And as this person comes, like, one of the amps just literally, like, falls off of a stack of amps that had been backlined. 
And I think we ended up stopping in the middle of the song, and I just like burst out laughing. Wait, wait, wait. You're so, because of the rumbling of the bass? Be- yeah, because the, bass- the whole stage was just shaking <laughs> from the cello. <Okay. laughs> and it, it actually made one of the amps fall Yeah. Down. <laughs> and it was, yeah. It sounded uh, like an explosion. I don't know if he had mic'd some of the amps and all the mics were on, even though we weren't using them. Like, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but I was just in Atlantic City... On Halloween, and the band sounded like it didn't. It just sounded like a sound I had never heard before. Right. And we've been playing a show every night for six weeks, and it was so right. disorienting. And then there, and then all of a sudden, there's ET, and then this like. <gasps> <laughs> Wait, I'm curious. The ET costume. This isn't the most important detail, but I'm just curious. Like. Was the person dressed as Elliot with E.T. in a basket, or was the person dressed as E.T.? The person was dressed as E.T., Okay. and then they had somehow fastened a bicycle to the back of their costume. Okay. Wow. And I think I can't remember if there was like a dummy sitting on the bike that was supposed to be Elliot. <laughs> or not, but it was definitely a very like tall, tall thin person with an E.T., face and arms that was wrapped in the kind of ghost costume. Wow. Okay. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with that. Yeah. We didn't have costumes because we were on tour, so we were right. also... It's tricky. We just didn't belong there. Yeah. You didn't get your jello shots. We... Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> there, there may have been some jello shots exchanged later in the evening. Don't get through Atlantic City. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I've yeah, it's when you play intimate music, uh, like we both do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, it's tricky, right? You especially if you're on tour for a long time, you're gonna be somewhere on a night like St. Patty's Day or Halloween or whatever, and like it's in a way, it's like well, that more people come out, so that would be good. And mm-hmm. yet, if you're playing quiet music, it's usually a bad idea yeah well, I do it all the time I, I, this is one of those things where like I've been at it for so long and I still do it I haven't learned my lesson <laughs> you know? I've managed to accidentally book myself in New Orleans during Mardi Gras twice <laughs> not realizing it was oh, Mardi no. Gras and, yeah <laughs> like not like on the day but like in this in that week yeah and then like some of the time it's happened where like I can't get a show and I'm like what the fuck like I've tried everywhere and I can't get a show and they're like you know it's Mardi Gras right like nobody wants to hear your like sad experimental music <laughs> on the Mardi Gras like that's not the vibe yeah yeah I've definitely had that show too where like usually when you have a show like that where you, it just doesn't fit or you don't belong there it's easy to kind of feel bad for yourself, but I've definitely had it be so out of place a few times where I like literally feel bad for the people in the bar. Totally. You know, because yeah. if you go into a dive bar and you're setting up, you know, your experimental music or like quiet piano music, like you have no right to be like, hey, everybody who's like having a good time on Friday night, <laughs> shut up. Do you know how far I drove today? Shut right, up and exactly. listen to my... This music is about my feelings. <laughs> my feelings, like you don't care about my feelings. Get out of here. If you want to talk, it's like, no. You're in a like you're in a dive bar yeah. on a Friday night. Yeah. People yeah. are trying to have fun. And you're like, this is not going to make you have more fun. Right. Yeah, totally. I feel like I got into that really early on, before I really knew how to tour at all, and I was just playing with coffee shops 
where there was no promotion, mm-hmm. no locals. I was just, hey, can I play here, like, for no money? Yeah, it's almost <laughs> and, like busking. Yeah, it was, like, basically <laughs> busking, but without the money. <laughs> <laughs> like, in that situation, I've, I remember feeling like that, where it's, like, you'd show up to a coffee shop, you're hoping this is going to be good, against all odds. It's not usually going to be good. And then... There's somebody who's there doing their homework, and there's someone there who, like, clearly is on a date, and they decided to meet at the coffee shop, mm-hmm. and they're all doing a thing that has nothing to do with me, and then there's just that feeling of, like, yeah, sorry, guys, I'm gonna kind of bring the, <laughs> I'm just gonna bring it down here, <laughs> um, sorry, but this, I'm gonna do this, and <laughs> it's, there's it's, nothing it's I too can late. do about it's too late it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, got another, you said you have another one, yeah? Yeah. My last story is so last short. One. Okay. Um, South by Southwest. Okay. 2009. Maybe 2008. I think it was 2009. Okay. Um, I'm playing a solo show. It's like a little house show, kind of off the strip. Um, show's going fine. I'm about halfway through. Um, it's South by Southwest, so there are some drunk people. Right. Um, and this guy starts kind of heckling me during the set and just like saying some kind of rude shit it's long enough ago that um you know there's not like mainstream as many resources about like being an ally or like did you know that it's not okay to treat women in this way anymore um and i'm like kind of getting frustrated but trying to be like oh yeah like ha 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 here's the next song um and at some point like in the middle of the song this guy just yells at full volume like in this room of sitting people he just yells like, take your top off. Um, and I, yeah, I was like 23 years old and I had no idea what to do. And what I ended up doing was taking my top off wow. and just putting it on the keyboard and just <laughs> staring at him. <laughs> That's amazing. For, like, yeah, I just like, I was like, I just took it off and I put it on my keyboard and I stopped playing and I stared at him and I just said, now what? Right. Um, and then, like, by that point, someone was like, hey, get the fuck out of here. Like, right. go away. Um, wow. And then I was just like, I don't really feel like playing anymore. And just, like, took my, put my shirt back on <laughs> like a stripper to, at an empty strip club. And, like, took my keyboard and just, like, you know, walked it down 6th Avenue for however many blocks until I found my car. And was like, I hate music. <laughs> oh, man. Now, I feel like you're you're putting it as if it was far enough ago. Ten years ago, that was still a douchebag thing to say. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when that wasn't a douchebag thing to say, but... Yeah. But even, you know, Angel Olsen was at Numos less than two years ago. And I, someone... I remember reading about that, yeah. Yeah. And I love Angel Olsen. Yeah. Um, and Me that too. guy was a piece of shit, and, like, no question. I'm less surprised in a larger setting that some, like, douchebag at a bar, blah, blah, blah. And I guess, yeah, South by Southwest. But I feel like house shows, it's more upsetting to me when somebody, when it's like, I can see you. Like, you're (laughs) right there. You're, like, ten feet from me, and you're yelling shit at me like I'm a television the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like it's it's offensive. I'm not I'm not downplaying how offensive it is at a larger show, but like for at like a larger show, there is that feeling of I think people go into whether or not they should, 
as if you're like anonymous because mm-hmm. you're like just this person. It's like a big stage and there's a bunch of people around. But in a house show, I'm amazed sometimes when people and and I would, you know, I don't deal with nearly the kind of harassment that most women do. But even then, like where people are just talking, even even just talking, and I'll be like mad dogging somebody, just like eyeballing them, just kind yeah. of like. Dude, shut up. <laughs> you're 10 feet from me. I'm playing a super yes. quiet set and you're the only one in the room talking. Shut up. <laughs> you know, that's where I do, where it is like, you know, the opposite of what you're saying, where it's like, clearly this is what we're doing here. Everyone has come to this house for this show. Mm-hmm. You're here. What are you doing? <laughs> we're, we're doing a thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Get on board. So yeah, that I feel like that's that's next level terrible <laughs> for someone to be in that space and to yell dumb shit. I mean, do you remember the other shit he was saying before the the finale of Take Your Top Off? Oh, it was no, I don't really okay. remember. But just I mean, like normal heckling shit of like, oh, like like Freebird, like oh, know anything faster, like you know, just. Right. Like, not necessarily, not like, sexual like, harassment okay. style. Right. Just like, oh, there's a show, I'm the show now. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly what it feels like. You're like, oh, you're all looking over there, you should look at me. <laughs> I got stuff to say, but this person, I got better shit than this. <laughs> Everybody look at me right now. Yeah. And it's funny even sometimes who people who think that they're being... I have this, I have a little bit of a theory that like, usually, if, if it is a mixed kind of thing where some people are paying attention and people, some people are not, that the people paying the least attention will clap and yell the loudest. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> yeah. It's not always the case, but I've been in so many shows where it seems like you finish a song and the people who are really into it are clapping and they're excited, but then the person who was talking through it hears that there's a break and they're like, yeah! <laughs> Like that, you weren't even you weren't listening yeah. to this at all, but it's a chance to yell. You yeah, like yelling. So well, and I think it's also you know there's a, and you know I've definitely been guilty of this myself in the past, but it's the same type of person who will go and like walk around MoMA or walk around an art museum and look at like some minimalist paintings from you know like. From like the Jasper Johns, like and they're like, oh, that's just like that's just white canvas. I could have done, like I can do that. Or right. you know, you see, you know, someone playing like four guitar, four chords on the guitar and strumming stuff. And you're like, I could have, I could have read that song. I, I could have, I could be up there. It's like, just then do it. Like, right. go book your own show. Just, and just, just book it. If you want to do it now. too, that's cool. Lots of people do it. I think this came up in a different interview. I can't remember for sure, but the we were talking about the classic. It's it's always a dude who is like, "Hey man, that's a, that's a sweet bass. You mind if I play a little bit?" Oh. <laughs> like, we're like, "Oh yeah, you mind if I play the drums a little bit? Is it, is that cool if I, you know, mess around the drums?" I'm like, yeah, I mind. Like, yeah, I do care. I don't. This isn't. For you, <laughs> like, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you should get some drums, or you know, rent them if you're not sure yet. You know, or yeah. like take a drum lesson. Go to a watch a YouTube store video. If you, they let you play the bass for free. If you really, if you can't afford it right now, but you just really want to play one, there's a place for that. The music store, not here. Like I don't know. 
And especially, it's even funnier when it's like not at the end of the show. Like if I've like I'm playing like third and there's their fourth band or something mm-hmm. and like packing up and it's like somebody wants to like check out my, my <laughs> axe. <laughs> like, uh, fuck off, dude. I have yeah. to. I'm gonna get my stuff off the stage for the next act. But yeah. Yeah, and then if your response is like, "No, I would rather you didn't play it," like no matter how politely you respond, the reaction is always like. Whoa, dude, chill out. Like, hey, I was just asking to play it for like a minute. Calm down. <laughs> right. Jeez. <laughs> right. Like, no one's ever, they've never heard anyone say no to them in the that's history usually, of time. That's usually the, right, the entitlement is usually a big part of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I played a show once in Jackson, Tennessee, where the, there was like a bouncer at this show that definitely did not need a bouncer. It was like a DIY, like, punk rock show. It was mm-hmm. a similar kind of situation that you were saying where it was, like, me and, like, two hardcore bands and, like, two death metal bands. Mm-hmm. And I was in the middle. <laughs> like, Perf- yeah, because you're the touring band. solo bass. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know. I will say, though, the woman who booked the show gave me full heads up. I was trying to get added to the show. She's like, just so you know, it's like a bunch of loud bands, and I don't know that it's a great fit. And I was like, that's okay. I'm sure that's fine. I just want to play. I don't know that many places to play. (laughs) I found you on dodiy.org, and Mm -hmm. I don't have other resources, so I'll just take it anyway. So I played the show, and... In the middle of my set, the bouncer, who's now very, very drunk, comes up to the front of the stage and is like, Hey, hey, dude, hey. (laughs) 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 I'm like in the middle, because my eyes were shut. I was like in the zone, doing my thing, playing like probably a short, like 20, 25 minute set, and just like, okay, going for it. And he's like, Hey, do you mind if I play drums? Because there's a, you know, the band that's playing next is already backlined. And I, th- or maybe I think they were all sharing a mm-hmm. kit for the whole show or something. And I don't want to say, yes, I mind, because I feel like the word yes should not leave my lips. No. But I don't want to say no, because then I'm saying no, I don't mind. So I was like, don't play drums. Do not play drums. And I shook my head, no. <laughs> so then I keep playing and I hear him get on stage behind me. Oh no. <laughs> and he proceeds and this is this is perfect. I'm just realizing I think I've told this story on this show before. I'm glad that I at least got to hear it. I can't remember now. But he picked the worst part. At the time I was playing a lot of proggy kind of stuff where mm-hmm. it was like I was really into like King Crimson and, and like Mars Volta and shit. Cool. And I it was playing this song that was like alternating between 5-8 and 6-8. Super nerdy. <laughs> and of course he picked this song to then just like get on and just start playing. Four on the Straight floor. up four for <laughs> butt rock. Like, there's <laughs> like lots of fucking crash symbol, you know. And just started playing, just over it. Like, like nothing. Like no idea. And I was like, there's no good version of that anyway. I mean, he wasn't... I knew he wasn't going to get up there and be, like, a really great listener and start playing some amazing stuff for me. Right. <laughs> it would have been a bad idea no matter what. But that was that sort of topped it. And that's one of the few times, like, in the middle of a show, I just, like, stopped. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> get the fuck off the stage, dude. Like, leave. This is not your show. Watch the door. That's what you're here to do. Um... And he got exactly like you were saying, super like, oh, 
Well, it needed drums, dude. Like that was his response <laughs> that I was somehow it like, needed drums, an dude, for not understanding that it needed his presence. He was just helping me out, really. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Th- yeah. Thanks, friend. <laughs> that was again. I now I'm saying it. I think I've said something here before, but that was one of my like top three worst shows. Can I ask you a worst show ever related podcast yeah, question? Please. So before you started doing this. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you had some shows in mind that were your worst shows ever, which mm-hmm. is why. Um, after hearing other people's worst show ever stories, and I have no, um, none of them have come out yet, so I have no context. Right. Or your, are your worst shows ever better or worse than you thought when they were 100% of your worst show stories? That is stories? a very legit question. I will tell you, so two things. One of the main things that was the impetus to start this show was talking to women about sexist shit that happens at shows. One of the, the initial idea, the sort of like germ of the show was like, could I do a show where I just talk to women about the shit they deal with at shows that men don't? And I ended up deciding that it would be more effective to couch it in terms of something that was like a little less overtly feminist and more mm-hmm. like sneakily feminist <laughs> you know <laughs> where like to give a platform for that but to kind of like couch it in a in a space where men wouldn't just turn it off because it's for women and not mm-hmm. for men you know or something like that yeah. and so that that was like the that was what got me into this idea so i will say the worst show that i've heard about so far uh involved a good friend of mine almost being raped at a show. Yeah. And there's nothing that I've ever experienced that comes close to that. And so that one, like, um, blows all of the other stories out of the water so far. Like, as far as, like, most of the shows that people share are, like, this is funny now. It was shitty then, but it's kind of, oh, wacky tour life, you know, and I love that, and I'm glad that that's... A thing that's come out in the show but you know there haven't been that many but a handful of like no that's just a terrible fucking time that will never be funny yeah um those kind of shows uh i haven't had that with those kind of shows i mean I, I really i mean i've had shitty shows but but usually it's the kind of thing you can kind of like joke about afterwards right um she not only she someone tried to rape her who was in the band that she was touring with. Oh my God. She didn't know him. She was doing visuals for a band and she was friends with two of the guys, the the main two guys that was like their band. Mm -hmm. And they had gotten this other guy to play drums for them just for this tour. And she didn't know him at all. And it was already a terrible show in the the like funny way. Like terrible at the time, but funny in hindsight where like, one of the guys had brought his girlfriend on tour and the other guy in the band was mad about it so they were like bickering about this <laughs> uh-huh. and because they hadn't really come to any kind of uh, like consensus around it they ended up putting the girlfriend in the car with my friend who was, was like didn't wasn't really friends with that woman either didn't really like her yeah. and didn't really want to be touring with this person yeah. they just were like well she can go in your car there's not room in the van and it's like there is actually yeah so it already been like a shitty show also the girlfriend like kept getting on the mic trying to sell her jewelry 
at the merch table. Wow. And so it was already garbage, but then yeah. she, at some point she was like, okay, I'm done with this show. I'm going to go to sleep. And it was at a frat house. Um, but it wasn't the frat boys that tried to like get in bed with her later as she was asleep. It was the drummer from this shitty band. And then the worst thing was that then she like fought him off and like ran away and got into another room and like mm -hmm. locked herself away. But then like the next day when she told the guys, they didn't, they just like made excuses for the guy. We were like, yeah. oh, he was really drunk and like, he didn't, he's a good guy. He didn't, he didn't mean it like that or, you know, just basically had no interest in holding this guy accountable in any way. And then, like, asked or basically told her, you guys should, like, basically make up. Like, said that guy would <coughs> ride in her car to the next gig. What? Yeah, for real. Ugh. Right. And the thing is, she was telling me this, and I could tell she was, like, a little bit embarrassed by this because, I mean, she's this very powerful, like very vocal, very opinionated person who mm -hmm. normally doesn't take shit. But she was still in that space of like very vulnerable and, and still like dealing with what had happened. And yeah. she didn't immediately say, fuck no, that's not happening. You can go fuck yourself. She was like, uh, no, that's a bad, okay, fine, we can do that. And so they drove to the next town. But like, I guess as soon as they got in the car, she was just like, we're not talking I don't want to hear a fucking thing from you. I'm turning on the music. I'm going to drive you to the show. I'm going to drop you off. And I'm going home. Which is what she did. She, like, dropped the dude off and was like, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and then left. So, yeah. The shitty shows that I've experienced don't really... They don't come near that. Anywhere near. That. Yeah. In that respect, yeah. There have also been shows that people have told me where I'm like, that's really not that bad. <laughs> like, if that's your worst show... Like, I had a friend tell me of a, a show where, like, basically they didn't get free beer or food at the venue, and then she was bummed about that. <laughs> I was like... Oh, wow. That's... that's if that's the worst show... And that's maybe, maybe that's the worst show you've had. You've lived a charmed life. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Oh, I would love that. Right. Or you're like, get a parking ticket. Right. Yeah, so there's been ones where the shows aren't really that bad, and I... I can't help but compare my, like, shitty shows, but that one, you know, I feel like that, that one set the tone in a way for me, or, like, set the standard of, you think you've had a bad show? <laughs> That's a bad show. Yeah. But even, like, the, the, the shows that I heard about, like, that, like I said, sort of, like, prompted this project, um, do you know Julia Lucille? Mm-mm. Familiar with her? She, I remember... I was on tour with a band called Real Life Tigers. Um, Tony Presley, Austin's Austin, dude. It's his band. It's like kind of like Paleo, where it's like it can be just him or it can be people who play with him. But I was on tour as his bassist, and he's good friends with Julia Lucille, and we did a show together in I think it was Dallas, either Dallas or Fort Worth. And um, she had just come from California and had this show where she didn't really get a sound check, and then the sound guy was still trying to, like, futz with her sound during her show, and he, like, walked up to the stage and started, like, fiddling with her pedals. Like, actually fucking with the knobs on her pedals. And I was so incredulous. She told me that. I was like, no, the fuck he did not. No, no. 
no, nobody does that. And I thought, that's insane. And like, no dude, I've never heard of that happening to a dude. And then since then, I've talked to other women who had, who played like a more like electronic or experimental stuff with like a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. pedals and stuff where that's happened as well. And so, yeah, shows like that, which are not, you know, still not as bad as, you know, someone attacking you. I feel like those shows, even if they're not always the worst show, that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, as a dude, I'm not really going to experience, but that I wanted to give some platform for, for some, some voice for. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. I'm, I'd be curious to get your opinion about this. I've been doing interviews with women where like, that stuff doesn't necessarily come up. And I've had the feeling of like, well, I don't want to steer the conversation in general, I want women and men to like talk about whatever they want to talk about and have mm -hmm. that be the focus, right? And so I don't want to like tell me about your most sexist show or what, yeah. and like just say that to women and then like have men just be able to say whatever they want. So I've not, I haven't steered the, the conversation that way, but a lot of the time, like I said, that was like one of the things I was hoping the show would highlight, and mm -hmm. a lot of time it hasn't been coming up naturally so I've been kind of on the like trying to decide is, is there a way to steer the conversation that isn't that isn't pushy or that isn't like I don't know if this makes sense I just don't like the idea of like putting more of a focus on women's conversations than I do on men's mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah and so that's that's the part that's kind of bugging me I want it to feel like you know talk about whatever you want um but I would also like those kind of things to be focused on, but I haven't really figured out. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard because, like, I've had so many, like, shitty, sexist experiences, like, with sound guys and with promoters where, like, I was playing the show in Minneapolis and I had a backup guitar player for, like, three songs and the sound guy kept changing the mix and, like, literally moving my keyboard further and further back on the stage because... Um, despite, like, being told five times he just didn't understand that I wasn't, like, the piano player for some dude's band. And it was actually <laughs> my band with a, like, male backup singer right, slash right. guitar player. Yeah. But, you know, like, like, dumb shit like that happens all, like, all of the time. Right. Like, at most shows. And it's so, like, as a, you know, female-identified performer, like, you just don't, like, it's so normal. Right. If you let... If, like, that sound guy experience had ruined the show and made it the worst show ever, then, like, every show would be the worst show ever. Right. So it's just, like, it's just been ingrained as, like, this sh shitty thing that happens sometimes, and you just, like, kind of deal with it and move on with your life and play the show anyways, but... But do you... Because, like, the, the take your top off thing, that's that still stood out as, like, particularly... Terrible. That was particularly worst show ever. <laughs> yeah. Is it worse because it was like a quiet house show and not like some douchey sound guy? Or like, because I totally get what you're saying that like some things are so common that you kind of just like have to blow them off because you'll fucking hate your life otherwise, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, but still then some things stand out as, yeah. as like, okay, that was... That was too far. That was even above and beyond the normal sexist bullshit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on like why that is or what what the things are that you're able to like brush off and the things that 
aren't so easy to do that. Does that make yeah. sense as a question? Yeah. Um, I think what made it so hard in that particular situation was that it was a house show. Yeah. Like, there, you know, there are douchebags everywhere, and there are people who don't know how to like, properly behave and treat people with respect everywhere, but there are more of them in shitty dive bars when you're <laughs> right. on tour. Right, right. Um, and, you know, I've been so lucky, like, here in the Northwest, but so many places across the country, there's such an established... DIY scene and there are people in the town that are sort of like the patron saint of touring bands but there's so much of a community built up around them so often that there's you know there's some level of self-policing you know where like if there's the one person talking the five everyone around them is like hey can you go outside right Right. like hey dude shut up you know there's that kind of involvement or like Hey, this was supposed to cost five bucks. And like, <laughs> <laughs> right. you just kind of blaze past that hat there. Were you going to, uh, yeah. you know? Right, right. Um, but there's there's some level of policing, and that just didn't, you know, like this guy was kind of acting out for a while, and like wasn't really like no one was reacting at all. And so I'm, you know, I'm like a, you know, younger woman on stage by myself, and see this dude kind of like being super. Like, not like, sexually inappropriate yet, but just really disrespectful and loud and kind of fucking everything up. Right. In a room of, like, 50 people. And there's nothing I can do about it because I'm, like, literally in the middle of playing a song. Right. Um, but it was, you know, like, just kind of frustrating and isolating to see, like, all these other people. And some of them are my friends, you know, and someone had asked me to play. And everyone's just kind of, like, you know, awkwardly giggling or, like, looking at him just being like, God, I wish that that guy would just kind of leave um but that no one like not even necessarily that it would have been standing up for me but just standing up for whatever community or space or even the person whose house it was to be like get the fuck out of here dude right like shut up right and i get that like a lot of people making music or around music don't want to be the confrontational one like yeah a lot of there's a lot of us that are kind of meek when it comes to that yeah and you're like i'm just i just want to hear nice music i don't want to get in a fight with some dude yeah um when i used to host shows in nashville that was immediately my job was like and i i sometimes also make it my job when i'm not hosting the shows yeah. but but that's partly yeah i feel like okay i don't i also don't want to get in a fight with anybody or something and i'll there's times when i've backed off if i felt like somebody was like gonna be violent or something but generally if they're like talking and it's a big public space and be like you need to you need to be quiet you need yeah. to go outside can you keep it down yeah. yeah I did once um flicked a penny at a guy <laughs> 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 and like I kept trying to eyeball him I just kept like mad dogging from across the room and he was not he was not feeling it so I like just shot a penny at him and like hit him in the chest and he was like looking around like what in the fuck? <laughs> and he looked around and he yeah. saw me looking right at him and I gave him the shish, you know? <laughs> like, and then right after I did it, I thought, that guy's probably going to kick my ass. <laughs> that was maybe a little too much to do. And it was not at a tiny show. It was like at a Mogwai show. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking everyone was just being loud and shitty and I was like, ah, I really wish everyone would shut up. But then I was like, ah, they're kind of a rock band. I guess this is just what you get and I have no right to complain and then one of the guitarists was said like could you shut the fuck up we're trying to play a song <laughs> and I was like okay I'm fucking vindicated <laughs> yeah. I you know commence commence shutting people up 
And most people did quiet down. And then there's just like this one guy that just like full volume, just like yeah. no concept. Oh, I was gonna say too that part of my hesitation as far as it specifically bringing out sexist themes is not everybody wants to talk about it or like necessarily wants to talk about it to me or wants to talk about it to an audience. And that's something I've still been trying to figure out how to negotiate as well. Like I, so far this only happened with one person and it was a, had nothing to do with sexism. It was uh, with a man and, Mm -hmm. and he was trying to tell me the story that I know he felt very, there were a lot of emotions and like, he never quite got to the story. Like we, we tried to do it Mm -hmm. and he kept asking if we could stop and, Eventually, it was like, you're not in a good spot to do this. We don't have to do this right yeah. now. Just, like, let it go. But I get that very bad things, as opposed to the kind of bad but funny later things, sometimes they're not fully processed or sometimes they're not. you're not in a space where you necessarily mm-hmm. want to talk about it in public. Um, and this is a weird thing because it's like, maybe only three people are going to listen to this or maybe it'll blow up or who knows what. And right. so it's I get that it's you're talking and knowing that your words are going to be out there and then not sure who's going to hear them or whatever. But uh, yeah, I guess I wonder about that too. Like I don't want to I don't want to push someone into a situation in which they're like actually not comfortable. Yeah. talking about whatever. I mean, I think that I think that what you the way that you're doing it right now is the right way where you're just giving whoever your guest is just the space to talk about whatever they want and, yeah. you know, like, the guest knows that it doesn't need to be funny, and it also doesn't need to be horrible, but, like, you're just giving somebody room to tell a story that maybe people wouldn't ask them about otherwise. Right. Well, like I said, there was definitely an agenda when I went into it of, like, I don't want this to be necessarily the whole show, but I but it's important to me that, mm-hmm. like, this be a part of it, and then still figuring out a way to... Yeah, I mean, I think even, like, when you're talking to guests about doing it, just giving them kind of, not that anyone needs permission to talk about this kind of stuff, but just giving them that avenue of, like, you know, you can talk about a funny bad story if you want, you can talk about, like, a tragic bad story. Right. Like, some women have, like, some people have talked about, like, this stuff, like, you can talk about the most sexist thing ever, you know, but, like, no... I can't say it, no one, because I can't speak for everyone. Like, if you had come here and sat down in my living room and hit record and be like, all right, Shenandoah, what's, like, the most fucked up sexist thing that's ever happened to you at a show? Right. Like, I wouldn't have told you that story. I would be like, nothing, everyone's just learning and trying to do a better job <laughs> all right. the time. <laughs> right, right. Not all men are evil. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, I guess you. But, I mean, that's a good... And I've done this a little bit, but it might actually be a good idea to just have be a, a more, like, standard thing that I do. Like, if I'm inviting someone, then give them, like, a, a handful of choices of, like, these are the kinds of things that could be good. And just, like, have that be one of them. So mm-hmm. it's still not, like, hey, you need to do this. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Cool. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for coming over. Yeah. This episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dewana Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com.